Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith. Last episode by myself, Derek will be joining Kentucky Daily again on Monday. I know I'm excited about that. I'm sure you all excited about that as well. We're going to do two mailbags to kick off the week. We're going to do a basketball-only mailbag on Monday and a football-only mailbag on Tuesday. So you can go ahead and start submitting questions for those. If you have submitted questions within the last seven to ten days, if it's basketball-related, I will put it in that mailbag. And if it's football-related, I will put it in the football mailbag. If it's baseball or something along those lines, I might just answer them and DM to you until we get to another mailbag that is uh, UK Athletics-wide. But we're going to do those. So by the time you get this episode in your podcast feed, you should have a tweet from me. I'm going to put up two that says basketball-only mailbag. That way you can submit questions there. And then football-only mailbag and submit your questions there. And as always, you can send them via DM or email. So we're going to get back to normal this coming week on Kentucky Daily. But I recommend you go back and download episodes with Jeff Goodman, Jimmy Docks, Jay Billis, solid episodes this week. I uh, wanted to put something solid together for you all with Derek being on his honeymoon. Make sure we were keeping you all uh, up to date on everything going on around UK athletics. And I gave you three big names to talk about the UK men's basketball program. I thought it was the perfect timing, especially now that we have 90 to 95% of this roster complete, still waiting obviously on Keon Brooks and Davion Mintz. But what we're going to do on today's episode is we're going to break down this roster. I want to talk about the new additions. I want to talk about the returning guys and kind of how it all fits. It's going to be a short episode. It's not going to be very long, but I'm going to go a little bit in depth in some of my thoughts, how the starting lineup may look, depending on what happens with Keon, if Keon's not here. Uh, we're going to have some fun with this, though. I know some people have reached out to me asking me to do this uh, a couple of weeks ago, but I was wanting to wait and see how this roster started to shake out, what did the backcourt look like, and now that you have two point guards in the roster, I think now's the perfect time to do this. As always, this episode, it's powered by Blue Wire Pods. It's also powered by the Butcher's Pub. Three locations, one in Palmville, one in Williamsburg, one in London. You all know the drill by now. You can visit thebutcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook. Sometime very soon this summer, we are going to do some shows at the pub. If you all are in the area or close by, I'll make sure I get out information. You all can come out, enjoy the show, enjoy a meal, and uh, just have a good time with us. But let's go ahead and jump into some things that I'm wanting to talk about when it comes to this roster. It's it's a shooting roster, right? Something I didn't think that uh, we, for sure we were going to be able to say two months ago. We knew that Kentucky had serious needs and issues last year that had to be addressed. They have all been addressed, in my opinion. The point guard spot has been addressed. The shooting has significantly been addressed. And then, obviously, the physicality in a big man like Oscar Shibway that I think changes Kentucky, gives John Calipari more of that typical big man that he likes. We had all three of those guys on this week with Jimmy, Jay, and Jeff. They talked about those pieces on the roster, how Sheboy fits in, how Xavier Wheeler fits in and then all these shooting pieces. So let's go ahead and start piecing this thing together about what it could look like. And let's start with the point guard position. I think obviously that's the spot that makes this thing go for Kentucky basketball. Three weeks ago, they didn't have a point guard on the roster. After Nolan Hickman decommitted, he has since gone to Gonzaga and will play there. Uh, but Kentucky and John Calipari, they got to work. They got Ty Ty Washington, a five-star point guard. You guys know that have been listening to the show. I said in March that there wasn't that five-star prospect that you could just go out there and get if it wasn't Jaden Hardy. Jaden Hardy to the G League, 
Tata Washington decommits from Creighton. It's a Kentucky Wildcat a few weeks later. Uh, pretty big deal. John Calipari has has that guy. He, he's one of the better point guards in the class, a guy that just continued to climb the charts. His, his overall like progression when it comes to ranking from last summer to now is incredible. We're talking, I think he was like a maybe just broke into the top 100 on the ESPN rankings late last summer, continued to climb, and then ended in a, as a top 15, top 20 guy in this class. John Calipari gets him a very solid piece, a guy that can play on the ball, off the ball. You've heard me rave about him the last couple of weeks. Uh, very excited to see what Ty Ty Washington does in this backcourt at Kentucky. And just his versatility of being able to play with the ball and off the ball makes him a perfect fit for this roster. And then, obviously, the latest addition was Xavier Wheeler, transfer point guard from Georgia. I love his game. The more I watched at first, you guys know that I wasn't big on it because you know what I got lost in? The size or lack thereof. A 5'10 guard, I thought, okay, that's probably not where you want to go coming off the awful season that you just had, the awful point guard play that you, that you just had. No, he, he can play. When you turn on the tape, you see it. 7.4 assists per game. You don't do that by accident in a Power 5 league. You don't do that by accident in any league, honestly. Uh, those numbers could go up. I actually expect them to go up playing against better players, playing against with better players at Kentucky. A league he's familiar with in the SEC, he knows the ins and outs of this conference. I think that's a big deal. You can kind of factor him in along with the Dante Allens uh, if Keon Brooks returns. These guys know the league, the SEC, the the game plans from these familiar coaches and things like that. I think that's a big deal as well. And then obviously the shooting upgrade. I mean, we we can rave about that, you know, for, for weeks now. Uh, Kellen Grady, C.J. Frederick, adding in with Dante Allen. Uh, C.J. Frederick, I mean, we're talking just an, a lethal knockdown shooter. Kellen Grady, a guy that Jay Billis said yesterday he thinks he's a pro and has great size, great length. Uh, can shoot it, can slash. He can do a lot of things. The one thing that I was hoping wouldn't happen is John Calipari kind of pigeonhole him into being just a shooter. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that all these new additions are going to get to show that they can shoot the ball as well as develop and show those other strengths that they have to their game. Uh, then obviously Oscar Sheboy, a big addition. We knew about that in January. He's been there. He went through those practices. He knows the system by now. I think that is huge. When he steps foot on campus again this summer with this roster, he's going to know more than probably 50% of the guys coming in. That is a big deal. He's going to anchor you inside, and uh, along with Lance Ware, who we'll get into as well. But let's go ahead and talk about some lineup combinations that I think really get me excited when we're talking about this roster. And just for fun, we're going to include Keon Brooks in this roster. We're going to assume that Keon has, has decided to return. Now, honestly. I expect Keon Brooks to be in Lexington, given the positive momentum that we've had now for the last four to five weeks. Who knows when a decision comes? I would expect something formal and something to let us know for sure that he's going to be on the roster, given the day and age that we live in when it comes to social media and the transfer portal. But Keon Brooks could honestly say nothing and be on campus here in a week or two. And it wouldn't surprise me if that happens, but I would say let's expect to get something from him, some confirmation. But just for fun, we'll include him. I think, me personally, the starting lineup is going to look like this. And it could be different, but I think it's going to be Xavier Wheeler at the one. Given the way that he sets the table, distributes the basketball, the high assist rate, I think the turnovers will go down. He's your catalyst. He's what makes this thing go with all these other pieces. He's your one. Honestly, 
here's where it gets a little bit tricky. Could it be C.J. Frederick at the two? Absolutely, I could see it. Starter at Iowa, could it be Ty Ty Washington at the two? I think so, and that's who I think it's going to be. I honestly don't think Ty Ty Washington would have come to Kentucky if it hadn't have been that he knew that he was going to move right into that starting spot either at the one or the two. Given the schools on his list, talking Kansas, we were talking LSU, Oklahoma State, I just think that he's going to be the two guard. In discussions that we've had with, with his family and stuff, obviously that was something that Cal was pushing was him not only playing with the ball in his hands, but off the ball. I think he fits and slides there at the two. Kellen Grady, to me, out of the options there on the wing, I think that's the guy that starts at the three. Uh, he was really the the first priority when it got to the spring. He he went into the portal earliest, and Kentucky got him not long after he went into the portal. I think that was obviously the biggest need when they when it all happened this offseason, and the, one of the biggest pieces that John Calipari could have added to this roster, a guy that can do it in a number of ways. He can play the point guard position if need be. I think that is big as well. So I'm going to pencil Grady in at the three. And now that I'm saying that Keon's going to come back on this episode, that's what I'm putting in here, he's going to be the four if he is on this roster. And I love that spot for Keon Brooks Jr., I think that that allows him to be that face-up four with all these pieces that can stretch the floor, a point guard that can get you involved, and a five-man that can beat and bang and kind of just own some of that attention on the offensive end, a physical five. Uh, Keon fits right alongside all these pieces. That's what I think is most appealing about him coming back to Kentucky for a junior year. I think he could have a big year, the best year of his career, if he's healthy from beginning to end. If he can continue to improve that three-point shot, he gets even better because he's going to have space to work. He could post. He can get into that 15-footer from the elbow. I like the way Kentucky has used some of these pieces in the past, like the Julius Randles, and they'd put them, let them catch at the high post and just kind of feast. I think Keon Brooks could be that guy. Obviously not as physical as a Julius Randle, but I'm talking getting to that face-up game, being explosive off of two feet, finishing, and if he can add a consistent jumper that we have seen improve since he got to Kentucky – uh, watch out. Could be a big-time year if he does indeed decide to return. And then, obviously, I've raved about Oscar Sheboy all spring. Just his physicality alone. He, Whoever he plays against, he that guy is going to fill him for 40 minutes if he's on the floor. That's the type of presence you have in Sheboy. He is going to rebound with intensity. He is going to give Kentucky a low post threat on the block. He is athletic. He can run the floor. He's going to catch some lobs. That is the big that John Calipari needs. That is the big that John Calipari loves. And I think that that alone is going to help Kentucky get back on track when it comes to that physical dominant presence in the post. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And that brings me to who I think is going to be the sixth man. And I think that's going to be C.J. Frederick. And I said a few weeks ago... Back when Frederick went into the portal, actually before he went into the portal, we were talking. I was like, I, I like it. I don't love it. I love it if he comes off the bench. 
And I think that's where he's going to be coming off of, honestly. Now, if he has to start, that's fine. He has plenty of starting experience at Iowa. But I love that now you're talking six, seven, eight, and you can see some potential there to where you really don't miss a beat. You bring in a shooter like that, who I think is going to play 25-plus minutes. I think Kentucky, obviously, if John Calipari commits to this three-wing attack, all these guys are going to play a ton of minutes because they're going to have to. You're going to have the the options to play multiple lineups together including Dante Allen. But I love the fact that C.J. Frederick could be the sixth man. Honestly, I like the fact that if he does start at the two, that Ty Ty Washington could be the sixth man because you're bringing in a shooter regardless. And uh, But I think I'm going to predict Frederick comes off the bench as the sixth man at Kentucky. And then that gets us into some of these other positions. When we're talking to Jacob Toppins, what, what does Jacob Toppin look like with a full offseason in Lexington? What does he look like with a full season under his belt? At Kentucky, I think that guy is someone that you you don't want to put a cap on. You have no idea what his potential is going to turn into. He ended up being one of their better players last season, which wasn't a good thing. That's one of the reasons Kentucky struggled. Jacob Toppin wasn't ready to be one of their better players on a good team. I think that he has all the potential in the world to be a very solid piece with experience in the SEC, two years of collegiate experience off the bench, kind of an energy guy for Cal. If you want him at the four, if you need him at the three when it comes to defensive matchups, things like that, it's a versatile piece for you. A guy that I think is going to be great in transition with these guards, with these shooters, and uh, really excited to see what Jacob Toppin does in a second season in Lexington. And then Lance Ware is another guy I want to talk about. I don't really know what Lance Ware is going to bring as a sophomore. Obviously, we expect him to be better than he was as a freshman. He played a ton of minutes at times as a freshman, then he would go two or three games where he wouldn't get minutes. And I think that was kind of wrapped into Kentucky's struggles. John Calipari never found that lineup that worked. He never found that rotation that worked. It was a it was a roster that played a lot of guys all season, and that was more so because they struggled and they couldn't find any consistency or continuity within the roster. But Lance is going to have to play, in my opinion. I'm not saying a ton of minutes. There's going to be games, I think, where he's going to have to play 20 minutes. I think there's going to be games where we're going to see him play 10 minutes. I think that you're going to have that kind of inconsistency again, not because of his play, but more so because of what happens with Shibway. Is it foul trouble? Is Damian Collins physically ready to man that five spot at times if they need him to? Obviously, he can with his length and his shot-blocking ability. But I think Lance Ware is going to have to buy Kentucky some minutes and just be that physic- physical big when Shibway's not on the floor rebound his position, take care of the basketball, be able to defend and make plays. And I expect if, if Lance Ware is in this program, by the time he's a junior or senior, you're going to have a very quality, solid five-man there uh, that can play in your program, that knows your program. So I, I think it's big to have Lance Ware back. I think he can buy you some spot minutes here and there. But obviously we know that the interior leans on Oscar Shibway. Uh, I mentioned Damian Collins. His frame is so small. He has so much upside, though, when it comes to that potential. What does his body look like in October and November? When he goes through this entire summer in the weight room, first time he's ever going to touch a weight, that body's going to change. That diet's going to change his body. I want to see what that looks like. How much weight does he put on? How much strength does he put on? Is his length enough alone to make a difference? Anthony Davis was very thin when he got to Kentucky, but this is not Anthony Davis that's walking in the door. This is a, a guy that's going to affect shots with his length. He can affect the game by running to the rim, sprinting out of those ball screens to the rim. He he will do some nice things. The, the big thing for me is Kentucky has guys that can take pressure 
off of a freshman like Damian Collins and let Damian Collins be who he is. Oscar Shibway is that guy. If Keon Brooks decides to return, I think he's a guy that can take pressure off of. I don't think Kentucky's going to have to lean on these freshmen the way that they have in the past. Obviously, of the three, Bryce Hopkins, Damian Collins, Tata Washington, Tata Washington has the most on his plate because he's going to play that spot where Kentucky needed to upgrade at point guard. We know he's going to have the ball in his hands at times when Xavier Wheeler's in the game and when he's not in the game. So probably the most pressure's on him, but once again, you got veteran pieces alongside of him with C.J. Frederick, Xavier Wheeler, Dante Allen, Kellen Grady. The, the list goes on there. I really like what Kentucky's done with this roster. Once again, I'm not ready to crown it a Final Four contender, but if it clicks and all these guys improve, does C.J. Frederick become a better version of himself at Kentucky than what he was at Iowa? Obviously, I think that's the the intention. That was the move. Uh, you know what Kellen Grady is going to bring to the table. How quickly does John Calipari get this thing to blend together? A normal summer, a normal fall with exhibitions and a non-conference slate, I think will be the difference in this team kind of clicking. Uh, they're going to. We know the schedule is going to be tough at times in the non-conference. I know if the Champions Classic goes on as planned, and I've expected to, they they would draw Duke, and then obviously we know Louisville's a non-conference game and some others in there, and then the league itself is just so much better. I mean, those teams are getting better. We know what uh, Bruce Pearl's doing at Auburn. We know what Rick Barnes is doing at Tennessee. Uh, obviously, Eric Musselman coming off a good tournament run at Arkansas. We know Nate Oates at Alabama, Mike Watt in Florida. The league is better, and Kentucky will be tested in the league, but that's where that experience, I think, is going to play off. Uh, this is a ro- or payoff. This is a roster loaded with experience, it's experience that has not played together, so it's going to take time to mold this thing together. But I give John Calipari an A plus for what he's put together this offseason. Coming off a nine and sixteen season, Kentucky had all kinds of questions to answer, and I feel like John Calipari has checked off every single box. Now it comes down to how does this thing fit together? Does this puzzle is it a, is it a perfectly pieced puzzle in March next year? Remains to be seen. Right now the pieces are shiny and they look nice and it looks like they fit perfectly together. But what does the overall picture look like when it's laid out on the table and all of them come together? Uh, could be a really solid year in Lexington. Like I said, I'm going to hold off on expectations because we've been burned in the past. And uh, you kind of want to see this group play uh, some games here in the early part of the season. We're still a long ways away from that. Hopefully things are normal. We get Big Blue Madness. We get the Blue-White game. We get a look or two at these guys before we go into the actual exhibition schedule and the regular season. But I think John Calipari, I think the staff, I think they've done an excellent job. I expect Kentucky to be a top 10, top 15 team early in the season. I think it's a a team that will be one of the better teams in the SEC. I think they'll be one of the better teams in college basketball. Will they win a national championship? I I won't guarantee that. Absolutely not. But I think it's going to be a roster that if it all comes together, it can click and they will be in the conversation for that second weekend. And if you get to that second weekend, the way Kentucky often does, you get to that Elite Eight, you're in the ballpark, you're in the conversation for a Final Four, you get there, you're certainly good enough to win a national championship. So I'm going to hold off on actual predictions. I want to confirm for sure that Keon Brooks, a junior, is coming back. What happens with Davion Mintz? One guy that I didn't talk a ton about that I want to talk about, though, is Dante Allen. Before we wrap up here, Jimmy Dykes said earlier this week he doesn't expect him to lay down and give a starting spot to Kellen Grady, C.J. Frederick. Obviously, that you, you want to say that. But I think Dante Allen 
if he's like seven, eight, or nine coming off the bench, you add a shooter like that, I, I think he's definitely going to play. I think he will play more on this roster given that Cal is going to commit to a three-guard attack, three-perimeter attack. His size and his length allows him to rebound. If Dante Allen gets his nose in there and gets it dirty and grabs some rebounds, continues to get better defensively, uses that length to maybe get some steals and create some energy on that end, I think he could be a versatile piece that could end up adding a lot to Kentucky's roster when you talk wingspan and length and his shooting and what we saw him do against Mississippi State. Uh, One of the better shooters in college basketball, pairing with C.J. Frederick, Kellen Grady, Tata Washington. Man, John Calipari could have his best shooting team at Kentucky if all these guys live up to what they've done in the past. That's the difference. This isn't just high school success that we're talking about. Obviously, when you're talking high school, that's a different game. We are talking about guys who have done it at the collegiate level, at the highest level, of college basketball in power five conferences impressive to me and that is the difference we have guys that have done it at the highest level we're not talking about incoming freshmen hoping to live up we're talking about transfers that have done it in the sec done it in the big 10 uh, done it in the big 12 oscar shibway um, really excited to see how this thing shakes out but i wanted to just hop on here and talk about the roster and just kind of give some some of my thoughts Instead of just putting it all out there in words for you to read, I wanted to put it out there on the podcast, give you a weekend episode. As always, we appreciate your support. We appreciate you all listening to Kentucky Daily. I can't wait to get Derek back next week so we can talk about all these topics and just kind of get back to normal here on Kentucky Daily. I hope you all had an amazing week. As always, go back and check out previous episodes, download them, give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. Can't can't begin to tell you how awesome this is. We are now over 200 episodes. This will be episode 204 of the podcast. It's hard to believe that we're here. Episode 300 will be here before before we know it. We have some exciting things planned for Kentucky Daily. When Derek gets back, we will begin to share those. Uh, grateful for Blue Wire Pods, the Butcher's Pub, Buffalo Wings and Rings for sponsoring the mailbags. Can't wait to get back here on, back in here on Monday and start a new week. Two mailbags. Be sure to get those questions submitted. Monday basketball, Tuesday football. We can't wait to bring you a full week of Kentucky Daily. We'll catch you then.